This week's episode of the Inside Running Podcast is proudly sponsored by ASICS. Stability has never felt better than with the Gel Kayano 30. Updated with a 4D guidance system for support right when you need it and pure gel technology for softer landings every time. Visit ASICS.com or your specialty running store to grab your pair today. Welcome to episode number 305 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. Just looking through the agenda here, it should be maybe a bit of a medium-sized show. A few results to go through, a few Diamond Leagues, a few states had their half marathon championships. Our special guest joining us towards the end of the show, Lisa Waitman, be popping in after her 16th position at the World Championships Marathon a few weeks ago. All the usual segments that you come to expect from the Inside Running Podcast. Welcome to my co-host, Dan Anglesey, two weeks out from his first serious marathon since 2019. Julian Spence, how are you going this week? Who's calling it serious, mate? I'm, I'm feeling fine, thank you, but who's calling this serious? Aren't we calling this a serious one? Like, we think Osaka was a bit of a, like, junket, didn't go in that well prepared, but this is the one? Oh, it's serious enough, but it's not like... I can't get a read on this boy, Croak, so I cannot sand, get a read on sand, it. Ba- Sandbaggy. It's unfair to put the pressure on me calling it a serious marathon. Well, no, you... to, to Moose's credit, though, he did say that this one was more about... Yeah, get one on the board. Yeah, yeah. and you know, give, give him another six months of what he's been doing to then do something special yeah. next year. But you've still That's... got to go into it relatively like serious if you want to get one on the board. Yeah, I spoke I about this I... last week. You can't win marathons. I'm not... I'm not trying to win a marathon. I, I do like the idea of getting back to the whole routine of it and... Uh, getting nervous again, putting like even just entering this fortnight now, I'm like, okay, taper. What's a taper look like? Like, what sort of things do I change? And and uh, I'm looking forward to to. I, I'm not looking forward to two weeks off afterwards or however long I take because I I, I don't want to too much of a break. I want to get back into running again because I feel like I've got some momentum now. Mm, good um, time of the year to be running yeah. too. September, exactly. October. Yep. Yeah. Mm. What adjective do you want me to use next week then? He's um he's towing the line, towing toe the line. line, just towing the line, towing the line. This time making, up, ma- making up numbers. Well, he could be Australian champ and have fifteen thousand dollars in his pocket this time in two weeks, Croaks. Well, he's on he's on the cash lookout. He, he checks all his main competition on Strava each morning mm. to see what they've been up to. Yeah. Tell you what, Tom Tom Decano has been average. <laughs> we know that that bloke has put together the worst training cycle ever. But he's a bit of a freak, Tom. Will he race? Ben, he will? Yeah, he'll race. Okay. Benny St. Lawrence, he won a half marathon on the weekend in 65 high, Yeah, I think. Probably yep. Could have been marathon pace workout for him. Who knows? Mm, but this was like a stepping stone race for him, though, wasn't it? Like, didn't we ask him at the live show? Sydney, yeah. How but serious he's going to race it? But when the 15K Things change, up, mate. Yeah, I don't know whether he knew about the 15K mm. then. Do you think the uh, Brett Robinson injury is just like, just got people to come out of the woodwork a bit? 
Or I don't know. No, I reckon Benny committed pretty early. Yeah, true. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't. He's not doing a cash grab here. I don't think. Home well, then there's Brett Robinson, who yeah. gone off Strava. Croaks has been keeping a close eye on that. Lessening so, the noise. Let's turn the volume down a bit. Uh, <laughs> yep. So he was out running on Sunday, but Croaks didn't know about it because because it's not on Strava. It's not being posted. No record of it. No, but there were eyes okay. eyes on him, wasn't there, Frother? I didn't see him. You said you saw him, but I didn't see him. I was going a bit quicker pace than you were yesterday, so it was a bit <laughs> harder for me to see people on the side of the road. But no, I did not see well, the Australian record holder. You think? Okay, so it's unconfirmed yeah. sighting. Let me introduce. No, you. Can I just introduce Croaks though before we go, Moose? Our other co-host is up in Canberra. He um, nearly broke Strava, I think it was Friday or Saturday, whenever he first uh, logged a run, the first time in months that he put anything on Strava. Returned to training with a solid threshold run by the looks of it. And uh, the video, I love this, Moose. I hope you saw it. The I'm back, baby, in the video when he was cutting some laps around the local uh, school. Welcome to this week's show, Croaks. Thanks, Brady. So, yeah, it's good to put the running shoes back on and fire up my Strava account again. Oh, how about the response as well? People love seeing that kind of stuff. I haven't had that many DMs for a long time about <laughs> a bit when that popped up. So I got a few... Actually, I've got a few listener questions in on those, Croaks, so we'll get, knew, uh, we'll yeah. get it up. We'll go first, Croaks. What's going on? Was this uh, planned? Well, it was planned in that it was close to two weeks post-surgery, um, and I'm like, you know what, 1st of September, it seems like a good day to start doing something. Um, so every time I've come back from, like, an extended break so which has pretty much happened at the start of every year for the last couple because like COVID I've basically hurt my calf at the end of each year and I've missed sort of a month and when I first start back I go down to the synthetic oval and I do like maybe four minutes on and just one minute walk and I find like I always pull up with like DOMS because all of those stabilizer muscles through my hips like my hip flexor and adductors um, even just doing four minutes of running and one minute walk, I pull up sore. So I thought, oh, I'll just do three minutes of running and two minutes of walk, walking um, as a you know a good way of just getting back into it. And I'll put the heart rate monitor on and just make sure that I don't have any of that sort of shortness of breath and just see what my heart rate does. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, if even the kids came down. Um, yeah, and like I felt actually pretty good. Like in terms of how I felt moving across the ground, um, like my heart rate my heart rate's always so high. Like I, I obviously haven't done anything for what, eight, nine weeks, like two months. Um, but I felt good moving, but then yeah, my heart rate was re- relatively high for the three minutes that I was running. So um, yeah, so I did six by three minutes, two minute walk. Uh, what was I sort of running? Like four, yeah, like four twenties. Um, you know, I don't know how accurate it is around 500 meter loop. And then the next day I just jumped on the treadmill and just did five by five minutes off 90 seconds sort of walk um, just at five minute Ks on the treadmill. And once again, like my heart rate hits like, like goes up to like 160, <laughs> like five minute Ks on the treadmill. Like that's, yeah, that, that's what happens when you don't exercise for two months. Um, but I feel like I'm actually moving well. Um, just a bit of bit of DOMS through my TFL and um, adductors, but yeah. So are you meant that's, to be doing this? Are you get like get guidance from the heart guys post surgery, or is it just like see how you go from now on, taking in your own hands? Well, no. So I've got to go back and see Andre. So Andre is overseas at the moment, um, and so the, yeah, he said like I just needed to be patient for a little bit longer. 
But when I go down and see him, like I'm, I'm doing a VO2 max test and like that's meant to be happening in the next couple of weeks. So I, I almost thought like going out and doing a little bit of exercise is probably better than going straight into a, a max test with when you haven't done anything for like 14 weeks. So my plan is just to slowly build it up over the next week to the point where I can just jog for 30 minutes. But he, so like, does he want you to do that though? Uh, well, I don't I'm know. Sure. Well, well, Andre was originally happy for me to run 30 minutes a day, um, you know, when, when I was first diagnosed with it. And then it was the electrophysiologist that said, I, you know, basically don't want you to run at all until you do, until we do the um, surgery. And then the fact that they did the surgery and they couldn't actually bring on the arrhythmia during surgery, like that's a, a positive thing, according to Andre. So I thought, and I was basically told not to do a lot for the first like couple of weeks. Um, and then after that, you can start sort of exercising, I suppose. But Andre obviously wants to see that, um, you know, I'm not having any more of those episodes uh, while I'm exercising. And that's the reason for then going down and doing the VO2 max test and also getting a, a loop recorder inserted into my, uh, into my, you know, uh, just, yeah, above my heart. Yeah, right. Yeah. Good so, to see you running, mate. Yeah, thanks. I tell you what, though, you take it for granted. Like when you're relatively fit and you go out and you run for two hours and you wake up the next day and you're not sore. Like I literally, after two, three-minute reps, like my hips were already starting to like just lock up <laughs> because mm. I just haven't used any of those muscles for, you know, nine weeks. So you, you definitely take it for granted. And this has got to be the worst part of running is like when you're coming back from – a long period off you're just like uh like everything just sort of aches a little bit um but i know that within the space of a couple of weeks uh yeah that all goes away and you start to feel pretty good again did you um you didn't consider slowing down when you saw your heart rate getting so high mm, no, not really <laughs> i just it's just it's a, got one pace moose it's pace. just one my, pace. but it's not like Heart rate's high, but perceived effort's actually quite low. Like when you're running three, when you're running three minutes, or you know, on the treadmill, I'm running five minutes at five minute k's on the treadmill. Like, I, I don't care what the heart rate does. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not working. Yes, I'm working hard from a heart rate point of view, but my heart rate does this every time I take more than you know five weeks off. Um, but perceived effort's pretty low. So yeah, and today I did. Um, was today I did yeah six six minute reps ninety second jog I walk yeah you had the mulligans loop back yeah yep so I just did that, that around there time. yeah so I think last week was ten k in total did a did a hour walk on Sunday um I thought two two days in a row was enough um just because I did have a little bit of doms um yeah and I'll do three days three days in a row now and then I'll take a day off and then maybe go four days yeah cool all right it's good to see you back better like well you've been pretty up and about for someone who had heart surgery but like has it impacted your um you know just your mental headspace oh what taking the time off no nah, just like being back out jogging uh, not that you kind of it felt like you didn't have like a down period though like mentally like you seem pretty up and about every week on the show yeah i, I think well i definitely coped better than i thought i would um you know after a couple of weeks you like said to a few people like when you're in the running bubble of like running 160 170k a week it's like it sort of consumes you to the point that you forget about everything else out there um and so having that taken away from me you know i got to spend more time you know 
Lily's riding a bike and I go for walks and um, yeah, so I probably didn't miss it as much as I thought. Plus, you know, I don't have any real ambitions to race that sort of thing, but it was definitely nice on Friday afternoon just to have some endorphins pumping through the body again. If no, I did like 18 minutes in total of running and a heap of walking. Um, but, but yeah, it, it felt like I'd done a, you know, I, I was an athlete again. <laughs> Good. Moose, tell us what you've been up to. Um, all right. Well, I had a I had a slightly different week this this last week. I um, did three workouts instead of two, three sort of less intense workouts. Excuse me, I just had to um, do a sneeze, and I thought it was better to mute my mic for that. Jeez, good audio <laughs> control there. Oh, I've been sneezing a lot. I'm in this this little sort of man cave room. And it's uh, it's a little dusty. Um, so I'm just going to go back. I think I ran I ran with um, Ali on Monday morning. She brought her dog to my house, and I had my dog about to run. So that was interesting. Um, her dog's not very friendly, and it's not very well behaved, and she hasn't trained it. So going for a run with the two, Theo was just like wondering what what kind of like what kind of animal this thing is like why aren't you listening to your owner kind of thing um but they got on all right after the first bit they uh they, they ran kind of not together but in the same direction at around the same pace so i just got out for 48 minutes ali did a bit more then i did 30 minutes that afternoon decided to, to run down a, the hill towards the beach because that's where Bree and Pia were they were having a little bit of a beach afternoon, so I ran, I ran down and met them and then got in the car and drove home. Uh, I had a swim. Beautiful. Water's still freezing. I think it's about 12 degrees at the moment, which is really fresh, even though the sun's out and it's like 18 in the air. 12 feels like it's not quite Wim Hof, like ice bath style, but it's bloody cold. Uh, next morning, ran on the trails, actually, so did a little bit of trail running. I've sort of been enjoying that. Really takes the pressure off finding a pace and takes the monotony out of the week when you, as you run a, a little bit more mileage. The only trouble is my ankles aren't great, so I normally pull up sore like the next day in the ankles. So after, I think it was after this run that I decided I probably should put the trails away for a couple of weeks. Treddy in the other. Uh, knocked off work. Took your advice, Brady, this week. Knocked off work early a couple of days and drove home and then got on the treadie at home. So the staff love you now that I'm knocking off. They're like, fuck it. When you own the place, I reckon you can make those kind of decisions. Well, you can, but you also yeah. can't throw your staff under the bus because it was, it was pretty quiet like the last hour before I left. And then I drive home and then I get home and I like check our... Um, I check like our our records, our like our software or whatever, and I'm like, "Fuck me!" They got busy, and <laughs> immediately after I left, they got real busy. Yeah, but so, they get paid to be there, don't they? Like, they're not volunteering. Nah, you're right. It just makes things a bit. It just when the when the when the captain of the ship bloody jumps off, it's it's just not how you're supposed to be. It's not what a leader does, is it? They're probably happy though, not having you like look over their shoulder all the time. Yeah. Oh, it's not like that there, mate. It's not like that. I'm the I'm the loved leader. I'm the love captain. Everyone's mate. Uh, then 
I did a workout the next morning. Now, this was a monofartlek. So I wanted a shorter workout. I didn't want to do like hard repeats or anything, but I didn't want to do longer reps either. So I'm like, well, the monofartlek, buddy, does everything, doesn't it? Does a bit of anaerobic stuff, a bit of threshold, a bit of aerobic work. Uh, not, not a great one for me. So got out, it was cold, it was fucking windy, it was raining, and my body was feeling marathon specific at this point. I was had a real slow kind of cadence. I could not get the, the gears to change. So I start this workout by going downhill. So uh, it's a bit of a, a cheats way to start the workout, but it is a loop like out and back course, and I do out and back a few times. So I don't really... Um, I, don't, I, get, I get one, two downhills and two uphills. Um, so the, the laps, if I go to the laps, it was like three, four, three or four pace, but that's downhill, so that wasn't, that's not that impressive. Um, and then 304 the next time, 314, 313, 302, 256 for the one-minute reps. Then into the 30s, I reckon I was going downhill on these first couple, 252, 304, 309, 308. Now that's getting pretty slow for the uh, for the 30 second reps, and then in the 15 second reps, I could not change gears whatsoever. 310, 310, 310, 316. Uh, it, it was good to finish this. I felt like it. I was happy because this this almost means that I'm getting it right for the marathon. I reckon if you're in great like if you can punch out a super snappy, fast, like real poppy monofartlek two and a half weeks out from a marathon, you've probably done something wrong, I reckon, with your training. Uh, in the end, I think it was like 3.18s or something, the average pace, not great, 3.17. And then I didn't do a double that day. I ran the next day in the morning, 45 minutes, still on the trails that day. And then the afternoon, Treddy, again, knocked off a bit early. Thanks, Brady. You've been an ideas man for but me. wasn't my idea to get dropped by uh, Toby on the way home? I don't think that was my idea. Oh, yeah. Oh, someone's – was it Croaks that he said knock off no. I don't like working full days. I thought I said get a ride home with Toby and get dropped off half an hour from home and run home. I might have suggested yeah. more than one thing. I'll take oh, I said, for it, I said knock. I said run in Geelong after work, then drive home. Mm. Yeah. Well, this could, this could be your idea, Bruce. Well, if Toby, if Toby comes to me when he starts running again and goes, "I'm knocking off early today for a run," I'll say, "Fuck no." <laughs> <laughs> That's not how it works. Brady might. Brady's getting in your ear, is he? The, I, the reason that I did three workouts was because I kind of wanted to do this workout with Ali on the Friday. It was a hilly tempo. I gave her 50 minutes. Um, up and down the, the the dirt roads out the back of town. It's like, this is a great workout. If anyone's ever sort of needing something to, to get them strong, um, this sort of workout is just a, should be a staple. I reckon we're gonna do this once every like four to six weeks in the programs that I, I write for people. Um, we went uh, 20 minutes warm up out the road, which was kind of like an uphill road. And then we did 50 minutes. Oh, well, we, we did 46 minutes 40 because we got back to the 
the start point a little earlier. Um, we did, oh, it doesn't say total elevation gain for the lap. It says two meters, but I'm pretty sure that's just because we went out and back. Um, but you, if you have a look at the elevation profile for the lap, it's like full of pretty steep hills. There's a couple of grindy hills. And um, we ran too fast. Like at 3K, I looked over, Ali was puffing, um, like real high respiration rate. And I thought, you, you're working too hard for this 50-meter tempo, 50-minute tempo. Like we're only 12 minutes in. And she, she, she didn't really slow down much. So we got to halfway. I could tell she was kind of fucked. Um, there's a little bit more downhill on the way back, but she pushed quite hard, which made me push quite hard because I had to keep up with her. And it took this workout for me from being what was supposed to be a moderate difficulty to, to being a pretty solid workout because we averaged 336. It's probably over about 300 meters of climbing, maybe 280 or something. And uh, I was like a bit beat up from it. And I was a, a little bit cooked later on in the day because we'd run 23K. So I I probably went too, too hard and long on this one. And, um, and I adjusted my Sunday because of it. So I, I went real easy Saturday, which was uh, ran with crammers in the morning, actually. Um, the good crammery. Is that all right to say that? The right. one who was four minutes slower than the good Cramery on Sunday. <laughs> well, one of the Cramerys anyway. Um, we just had a jog together. He was coming off an injury. And then on the treddy that, that afternoon and then went up to Burnley. So it was like late Saturday, Arvo said to Bree, I'm like, oh, what time's this race start tomorrow? She has an 8.30 start. thought, all right, well, that that's pretty good. That means I'll be able to get up at... Um, be able to get up at this time and then leave at this time and and so I, I planned everything around it jumped in the car the next morning and drove into Burnley had a really good run up the highway like perfect run I was just flying along like no, no traffic nothing I thought I've made great time I don't even need to like jog from the car I'm just going to wander down to the tent so I had the slides on all the warm-up kit on everything in my bag bib wasn't pinned and um I'm like, fuck, there's a lot of people warming up early today, like really early. And why is the car park so full? And then all the Geelong boys running along, the ones that were racing, and they were like, they were like, they're pretty much warmed up by the look of it. And so I said, oh, what's going on? 8.30, right? They're like, no, 8 o'clock. I look down, it's quarter to 8. I've got no shoes on. I've got no kid on. Um, so I'm halfway from the car to the start line. So I had to run back in my sandals to the um, car quickly get changed and get the bib on it was straight into the race kit really and then just jogged back to the start line lined up on the in the toilet line I uh, got in the toilet I think two minutes before the start line got out probably 30 seconds before made it to the start line okay but my plans again changed a little bit because I, I, I just thought all right I'll warm up during the race and and um what was it? 21.1 K. I just saw, I could not jog in this race. Like it is, have you ever tried properly jogging in a race? Like properly jogging, like 4.30 to 5 minute Ks in a race. Either of you boys done that? Yeah, I'd once paced um, Benny Walker, who we used the music for at the start of the show at um, Melbourne Half Marathon one year. But he was like race, racing at like 4.30 pace and I just stuck with him the whole way. 
but yeah. it was different. Like I was in heavy shoes. It was more of a fun run vibe than like an Athletes Victoria vibe. Yeah. That's, I know what you mean though. Yeah. AV, AV vibes are different to fun run mm, vibes. Yeah. But I've never tried in an AV race, no. Everyone at AV is out to run fast, basically, or as fast as they can. Whereas fun runs, it's like, let's just go out and enjoy the day. Yeah, the bulk of the people are doing that stuff. Whereas well, the bulk in 99% in AV. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And so no one's really interested in jogging. So I was like, so I thought we were jogging. I ran the first K of this race in like, I don't know, 345 or something. And I thought it felt like 420s. And I'm looking around at these people. I'm like, you guys are running. You guys should be way up ahead. This is too slow for you. And then the next K was like 450. I mean, 350. And I'm thinking, fuck, slow down. And I was on the start line, just jumped in with the Geelong guys and got passed by probably 400 people, I reckon. <laughs> and I still couldn't slow down enough. Like, it was poor by me. But at the same time, I'm like, there's got to be a limit, really, to how, like, <laughs> this feels so easy. I, it's just a race atmosphere. It's amazing what a race atmosphere can do for you. Because I run 450s nearly every day. And this felt the same just because there's people next to you. It was probably a bit of adrenaline pumping through your body after you realised you fucked up and you got there too late. Yeah, yeah, the adrenaline's the thing, though. <laughs> and even the start line, oh, it's carnage. Like, all the women croaks, women and men run together. So they got the same start line, but they put all the women on the left-hand side of the road, all the men on the right-hand side, and then they hit the gun, but then they funnel everyone onto the one onto the right-hand side of the road, the right lane. So all the women have to, like zipper into the men's and then they're coming across but then there's probably 300 men behind them who want to be in front of them and so the men are all running up the back of these women who are being funneled into this one lane fucking dangerous like i i i was just running along my arm swing all all of a sudden there's a lady in front of me i punched her in the arm and i'm like (laughs) fuck that like that really hurt my arm lady get out of the way (laughs) <laughs> no, I did feel bad for her. Um, and then a lady like Anna, the Geelong chick, fell over a fucking cone next to me. I'm thinking, oh, this is like, this is a bit stressful in here. Mm. Uh, anyway, I ran, um, I, I split my watch like, I don't know, K and a half in, 2K in. Uh, and then I ran, then I, I ran to the 10K mark of the race and I had average 347. That was sort of what was supposed to be my jog, but it did did feel pretty easy. And then I thought, okay, step it up for 6K and then step it up again for a five after that. So I ran 322s. This felt really smooth. Like when you're passing a lot of people, again, it's, it's pretty fun. You get to pick people out and you know a lot of people who you're passing. So there's a little bit of banter. Uh, you get to watch the race on the other side of the road. So I, I saw, Brady, I saw you get dropped from that pack pretty early. Yeah, um, about 2.5K, 3K. Yeah, the first the first U-turn, I'm like, all right, Brady's found himself in a pack, a good pack. And then I, the next U-turn, I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? He's by himself. I was in the wrong pack, that's why. Yeah, okay. No, I would have been still with him at that top turnaround. And then coming through the finish line, I got dropped. Oh, okay. Well, well. So it would have yeah, been the, right. next, the next turnaround after the hill. Maybe you're at the back of that pack. Yeah, I was at the back. Yeah, I was just, yeah. yeah, I was in the wrong pack. There was no pack yeah. for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, but it is good to watch this race. You get to, to watch how it all plays out. 
and you get to say, like, you get to cheer on your mates as they run past too, especially those having a crack. It's it's quite nice. Does it get um, a bit chaotic though? Like, I know because we were running because it's for people at home. It's a uh, out and back, and then a four lap of five k loop, and like you just run through the field, and like, did you? I reckon we missed each other going past each other because yeah, I would have been within like lapping people and you can't actually see people in the group like yeah. could you actually see your teammates and stuff every lap or towards the end do they just get hidden oh a little bit hidden but mm. I, I was running on the inside of the road the whole time um so i, I could see him pretty easy i knew what i was looking out for and i wasn't yeah. racing so i'm in like that that a little bit more alert stage um, yeah. my focus was on watching what was going around me really uh, but yeah, so then I the, that felt really smooth, three twenty twos, and then I cranked it down a little bit, and this didn't feel that smooth. This this kind of got a little bit uh, more difficult towards the end. So I ran three fifteens until the finish, and the the like the the way I knew this wasn't going to be marathon pace for me. Well, I already knew, but like the definitive answer, and and it was a it was a really good experiment for me. Or not an experiment, but a good experience leading into the marathon is I, I, I felt like I couldn't handle taking a gel because the effort was too hard. And, and I know that's a really good like indicator that that's not marathon effort. Um, so I was resisting taking a gel because my intensity was too high and my heart rate was too high. My breathing was too hard. So if I get to that point at any stage of like the first 30K – at Sydney, I know that I have to slow down. Uh, and, and then I went up a hill and instead of having an extra gear like I did at the 322 pace, I didn't really have another gear on the weekend. It was like, oh, this hill's stopping me. Like I'm slowing down because I can't run the same pace up it. That's another good example of, of not being at marathon effort. So you could, I reckon you could probably look at this as like 10K easy, 6K marathon effort, 5K threshold. That's what I'm going to call this race. And then I jogged. I, the good thing about this, I wore heavies. So I wore like he, – they're not proper heavies. They're somewhere in between like a race shoe and a, a jogging shoe, like a super blast type, the super comp trainer from New Balance. So I wore this on um, Friday with Ali, and my calves pulled up great. And then I wore it again on Sunday for everything because I, I just want to really maximize like the calf recovery from now into the race. And so I, I thought, oh, let's let's feel good about my calves for two weeks straight. And so I decided to wear he- like a heavier shoe for this. And it felt shit running fast, but it, it, it felt great in the cool down when I wasn't that sore. Good. Yep. 130K for me, a bit of a different week. Not a lot of science or thinking or philosophy as to why I did it. Um, I don't know, it just felt felt like I, I what, wanted to uh, do it. What were you going to do if you didn't turn up late? Uh, not too much different. Probably just warm up a bit longer. I might have um, – they're not much different actually. Yeah. Have you put pen to paper on this program? Like I know you spoke last week about like you kind of waking up and just like figuring out what you need and what you feel like. No, I haven't done it. Yeah, I haven't all. done it. Yeah, no, no nothing. Yeah, um, okay. Bree's fault, uh, though, that you didn't get there on time. Like, it was Ali's fault when there's no tables a couple of weeks ago. But why do people commit to stuff like that? <laughs> like, why would you commit to being so confident in a time when you actually would, didn't know? 
Well, why don't Have you, you not... check yourself, Moose? I'm the same, Croaks. I, I I hate having other people like in control of stuff. I would be checking that ten times. You know what she said to me? I said, "Oh, eight thirty was wrong. No, eight o'clock start actually." She goes, "Oh yeah, the women were at eight thirty. I'm like, "You're fucking lost the plot." Do you know what <laughs> I love is? Do you know what I love as well, Brady? That chat that he said. Well, I think it was a moose on the loose about comparing his like winter AV cross country team to like a footy team. Imagine oh, yeah. this bloke. Imagine this bloke playing on a footy team, rocking up. Five minutes before the game, you know, in his thongs, no shoes on. Didn't you come 97th yeah. or something too? Did I? Did I get a time? Because I actually... So the, I think so. I was looking at it before. I think you were 97th. I, okay. Se- 75 minutes or something, weren't you? Yeah, I was. I um, So 1 a.m. the night before, I woke up. And I'm like, I fucking didn't pack my bibs. 95th. <laughs> 1 a.m. in the morning. And so I, like, get my fucking phone out, put the torch on, start rummaging through all my drawers i found a set of bibs i'm like yeah that's got to be them and then someone on the weekend was like what are you wearing why do you wear red bibs for like are they last year's bibs and i thought oh surely like it's got a timing chip on it right and so finally it must have unless someone's gone into bat for me at av and chucked me in the results i reckon last year's bib was picked up in the results <laughs> that's pretty How good, good isn't that? it? yeah i know how long have you been, Moose, like for a guy that's been around as long as you, like we've banged on so many times on this show about, you know, get all your stuff ready the night before a race and here mm. you are 1 a.m. getting out of bed to do it. I know. It's just too much. <laughs> just the difference between um, you and me, Croaks. I'm just working and I'm busy. Oh. It's got a lot going on. I think the Late same is, Croaks, for a smart man, he does some dumb shit. <laughs> yeah. You said that, not me. Did I score? <laughs> Did I score for the, for I, the boys? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'll How many scored? Five or six? Five. No, nah, I didn't score. Must Scotty, Scotty Krakow got me on the line actually, so I didn't. Oh, I man. wasn't needed anyway. Oh, you got a second division team, don't you? Division um, three. Oh yeah, we. Pro- oh yeah, we would have scored there. Yeah, you're in there, I reckon. That's yeah. a shame. Seventy eighth or 80th, That would have been you when you take out the invitation people. So that might have been your mate Scotty as well if he was only just in front of you. Do you reckon it's all right to claim 78 then as the race result? No. Just because he could really dig down and be like, oh, yeah, that's your race result within members of Athletics Victoria, but no, not overall. In the well, race. how many women? I had a few women in front of me too. Oh, yeah, it would have put you back even more. Yeah. Uh, it's good. It's good to see you amongst the people. You didn't seem too stressed about it anyway on the start line. I had a chat doing Croaks and he was pretty chilled out. Asked you him what he was doing. Croaks, you should have seen the shades on this bloke. Have you seen me wear from? those ones before? What are they? Uh, Oakley's something. I don't know. Oh. Got them a couple of years ago when Melbourne Marathon was in December. And I'm actually, real, real Mr. Fucking Hollywood up front. I went to the start line and then I thought, actually, that sun's glaring through a bit there. And then I raced back to my bag to get them out. And glad I made that decision to put them on. It's actually a great call by you. I, mm. I would have run his sunnies if I had them. Yep. I'll tell you about my week, boys, before we uh, get moving throughout the show. Monday, I come off that Shep Marathon long run, so I broke my easy run into two shorter runs, so like 35 minutes in the morning and 32 minutes in the afternoon, 4.44 pace in the morning, 4.30 pace in the afternoon. Just like, didn't feel too sore, but I just thought that was probably the smarter thing to do. Tuesday, I did Moose Fartlek. As much as I hate saying it, Moose, it's a wonderful workout. It's a really good workout, this one. What a way to spend 30 minutes. Thoroughly enjoyed every time I do it. 
Um, bit you, of still, a, um, you still prescribe it the same way, effort-wise? Yeah, I often often prescribe it as, um, oh, firstly, I tell people not to look at their splits. And it's like, I think, do you use the terminology steady for the three minutes? Yeah, yeah. I say, yeah, which then if people ask, I probably dig a bit deeper and say somewhere between probably 10K and half marathon pace if you want to get that specific. Yeah, somewhere in the middle there. Yeah, exactly. somewhere in the middle. Um, and then I just try to run the one minute hard um, and just, you of course, want to be going quicker than what you're going for the steady paces. And this was a bit of a page turner for me because I feel like it's the first time in probably since Gold Coast that that three minute pace has started to feel comfortable and I wasn't like forcing it, like it was like speed work, I guess. Like I've been doing a lot of shorter workouts the last few weeks where I've been doing, you know, one minute or two minute reps, trying to get them at three minutes, and it feels like I've got to work pretty hard to hit it. Whereas towards the end of this workout, the three minutes, I was kind of rolling in 259, three minutes, 301s, and it just felt like I was locked in and more of that 10K to half marathon stuff than it was flat out speed work. So kind of hovered between like, yeah, 259 and 305 for the three minutes. And then the the one minutes were just hard. Um, not sure how accurate the data is there. Or the alpha flies, I haven't worn those for a while. I found them pretty responsive for the quicker um, pace as well, which is always good. The, the twos minutes. or the ones? Uh, the twos. No, the ones, the ones. I don't own a pair of the twos, but I think I've got maybe like three pairs of the ones. They're still back like, in the- Verdict's out, isn't it, if the two's any better than the ones? Yeah, some people think it is and others don't. Some mm. people love the two. Bree Bree loves the two over the one. Nita loves the two over the one. Freaking Ash Hoff. I mean, what's his name? Um, Pat Stowe. Fuck, I call that guy Ash Hoffman every single time I see him. Um, Pat Stowe loves the two over the, the one. Yeah, okay. Um, whereas I don't even have a two. Yeah, never put I've, I've on. fallen out of the love with the ones. Actually. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, 30 minutes easy in the Arvo and the gym. And then Wednesday did 60 minutes. I was pretty tired. Put some uh, weights up in the gym. I'm no longer just doing like the bar. I've actually got some weight on the bar now for my back squats. So, but that hip, that, yeah, banged me up a bit in the, in the quads and stuff. How much uh, you got on there? Only, I've started with five each side. But the bar weighs a bit, doesn't it? What are you doing, 30 reps or something? Uh, I do three sets of eight. Pretty good. <laughs> Uh, Can you get some footage of that? Oh, mate, it's, it's sad. We're no, I want to see it, though. I went a bit later than I usually do, and I must have been in there at, like, I don't know, 3.45, 4 p.m., and all the kids, like, they must go to the gym after school. So it's like all these, like, year seven, year eight kids who I used to teach, like, two years ago, and here I am just, like, loading up the bar with, like, five kilo weights, and they're just looking at me like, this guy's a meathead. So I've got to start changing my time so I don't bump into those guys. Yeah, they're like, yeah, I definitely don't look like a gym bro at all when I'm in there. It's very, it's not inspiring at all with what I'm doing. But anyway, Thursday was ex- exciting for me though. I ran with uh, Nath Pierce, Roman Nath from our Zatapak watch parties. He's got a new job for Garmin Australia and he was on a regional tour of all the um, suppliers and was in a Chukamoama for the morning. So I um, met up with him, tried to weasel my way into getting a new watch, just dropping a few hints throughout the run. Nothing really eventuated there, though. But we um we did an hour at 4.18 pace. What would you boys do in this situation? Archie was meant to meet us, waited five minutes, hadn't rocked up. And he's usually a very punctual person. So I assumed he wasn't coming and left. But it turns out he was jogging to where we were meeting. And he underestimated how long it was going to take him to get there. 
And by the time he got there, we'd left, and he ended up having a jog solo. Mm. Five minutes is reasonable. Five minutes is reasonable, yeah. yeah. He's a I'm very punctual guy. He's usually five around. minutes early. So I was like, nah, this is unlike him. But then yeah. I felt bad because I made the call. But I had to get to work as well. So I'm like, we had to get things rolling. Five um, minutes is fair. Fair there, I reckon. Nate's always good for a chat. Enjoyed that 60 minutes with him. 30 minutes in the afternoon at 4.40s and the gym again. Friday, did 50 minutes easy and 8 by 30 seconds strides. Felt good. Um, and then Saturday, beautiful weather. Got out for 45 minutes in the sunshine at 4.34s. And then Sunday, Moose had just spoken about it, the Burnley Half Marathon, the Victorian Half Marathon Championships. I got out hard to avoid any chaos at the start with the merging uh, start lines and found myself in the lead pack with uh, Andre Waring, Nathan Stowe, Archie Reid, Reese Edwards was there. Um, is it Ben Bysher or Ed Bysher Moose, one of the Bysher boys, and Alistair Christie. Um, there was a couple of guys from Yarra Rangers, I reckon, as well. Kind of pretty chilled early, like 305s, 306s. Reckon there was a faster K when we come out of the U-turn. But it felt pretty good, and, and Andre was kind of just sitting in the middle of the pack, probably the race favourite. And then we got to three, I'm going to say like two and a half K, and he just went to the front and just, yeah, strung things out. Archie was kind of the only person who responded to him. And then I felt like the other guys were getting they were getting like sucked along to try to not to try and close the gap but because they were running faster they just kind of like increased the pace to try and keep contact and i was just like this is way too hot like i was 10 minutes into a half marathon and i'm like i'm stepping over the edge here i've got to like you know pull back here so i pulled back thinking that like i just slot into the next pack and we kind of hit the next u-turn at probably four and a half five k and it was like a 25 second, 30 second gap back to a group of about 20 people. Um, so I was just like, oh no, this isn't good. So I just kind of kept things as honest as I could. Still ran pretty strong through the middle stage of the race. And then probably by, I think I went through 10K in just under 31.20. And then it was a really weird situation to be in because I knew I wasn't going to run a PB and I wasn't there to run a PB. And like positions are so important when you're trying to score for the team and I knew my position was pretty safe because I think I got when I was going in and out of the turns I was trying to like split the difference back to the to the group and I didn't want to get passed by that group because I was like I can go from seventh position here to 27th pretty quick which um you know hurts the team score but then I got that gap out to about 45 seconds and then I'm not proud of it but probably at about 15 16k I just kind of like gave up because I just mathematically knew that group was never going to catch me and the guys in front of me were about like 35 seconds 40 seconds in front of me and just I still ran hard and strong but I like didn't rinse myself and I'm like oh that's the first time I think I've ever done that I've done it a few times in cross country but not so much on in road races where I haven't tried to get every single ounce of you know every second that you can possibly get out um out of your legs and stuff so I ended up finishing in seventh, but yeah, switched it off. It still hurt, like probably the last three or four K, especially up that hill moose. Like that gets harder and harder every lap. I know. It, you don't notice it at the start. No. First few laps are like, it's like, oh, there's no hills. This is really flat. And the last lap, I'm like, fuck, where'd they put this in? Yeah. <laughs> and it must like, it must be, because it obviously drops a bit, but then I reckon it must keep dropping a tiny bit throughout the finish line. Because I found those Ks were like my quickest of the day as well. 
Um, I think it was a tailwind that way, perhaps, as yeah, well. Yeah, it was a bit of, yeah, yeah not a huge tailwind. It was, there's no excuses. Yeah, it was for, beautiful um, day. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful day. day. Yeah. So I ended up finishing seventh, 66.39, which I really wanted to break 67. So to do that, you know, I probably, yeah, left 10, 15 seconds out there if I was to really grind it out. Um, but it gave me, gave me a good indication of where I'm at at the moment. And, yeah, just a weird, weird race. And then... I was like, maybe I should have sat with that chase pack and I would have had some company. But none of those guys ended up breaking 67 in the end. So I think I made the right move, but just just an odd one. And that probably happens sometimes in these races where it depends on where the, the groups kind of form. I don't, I don't think um, you're going to be too hard on yourself not burying yourself for no, no real reason. Like, you weren't going to run a PB. You weren't really going to catch the pack in front. It's, it's Burnley Half Marathon, like... Who, it doesn't really matter. It's not a certified course for your profile anyway, is it? No, I wish they did certify it. Because I know, yeah, like at, just being close with Archie and Nath, like they both ran really good races and they were kind of a bit disappointed that they're like, oh, but it's uncertified. And I'm like, yeah, you guys deserve better than this. But yeah, Be I just don't get that, that one done. You're right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Nah, but there's nothing for you to run for. Like, yeah. you, need, you need motivation to run. To, run, to, to, to bury yourself. And it's a half marathon. Like, it's a long time to put yourself in the locker. Yeah, I haven't done a half since I think that one last year. And I forgot how hard halves are. Like, just mentally, when you're at, like, 40 minutes and you're like, I'm pretty tired and i still got, like, you know, 25 minutes to go here. Yeah. 26 yeah. minutes to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was good fun. Amazing race to see the point you made before about seeing people on the out and backs. So, like, Yes, so many people yelled out that I'm so grateful for, for yelling out to me and so good to see your club mates. And, like, I think it is a bit chaotic. Like, I nearly took out or nearly ran myself into a car a couple of times when you're trying to, like, because you have to go off your racing line to pass people and then there's parked cars on the side of the road and, yeah, it's a bit messy. But um, good to see, you know, every aspect of the race. Week of 121, banged up this morning, though, but we'll talk about that next week. So what's uh, next, Brady? Tan relays or are you pacing the league women at Gold Coast? Uh, Sydney? You could always yeah. come run with me, mate. Yeah, haven't you got a pacer, though? Who's your pacer? You still haven't given oh, us a name. I've got a couple. Oh, Gunther's one of them, actually. Is oh, Matty Gunther going to take you through? Mm. And then also, blast from the past, boys. Get this. Ash Watson. Oh, really? Yeah. What has retired about as many times as I have? Jeez, how much are you paying what has got some motivation? Because he, he can't yeah. go all the way to Sydney and then then not keep up with me for 10K. So, he goes from doing nothing to like way too much as well. He's <laughs> anyway, Is he still doing like the credit card scams and stuff like that? Oh, yeah, mate. He loves that shit. Yeah, he has right. about 15 cards sitting in his top drawer. Just cuts them up every now and then and gets a new one. <laughs> for the points. Did I ever tell you how he used to get the um, Coles groceries? No. So... <laughs> This is how much of a tight-ass Watto is. He, he worked out that if you signed up as a new customer with Coles, then you wouldn't have to pay, like, the five-buck delivery fee to his house. So every week he would have to make a brand-new email address. <laughs> no, he didn't. Every week. He's, he was up to, like, at Ash Watson underscore 54. <laughs> and then the next week it would be Ash Watson underscore 55. This bloke did this for $5 off his fucking delivery fee. <laughs> and he did it for like a year straight. Oh, it's unprecedented levels, Watto. So how far is he going for 10K? And no, he's going to the 30K. I reckon 25. I reckon both of them 25. Because then um, Maddie's going to drop back and run with his sister and his mate mm. 
for the finish line because he's he's going to like jog for I don't know twenty minutes or wait for them to catch up to him and then yeah. he's going to run with how's, it. How's this though, Brady? Like fair bit of hype for a guy who's not treating this as a serious <laughs> attempt. He's got he's flying people up to run with him. Flying yeah. people up, maybe a few points, maybe a few. Frequent fly points for what? Uh, but that's that's what I was going to do as well, Moose. I was going to yeah, hopefully pace and then just drop back and just find someone I know and just be like, man, you to the finish line, let's go. Yeah, but well, that'd be they, fun. They've got seventeen thousand entries, though I see, so I don't think they're worried about like hacks like me. But anyway, let's thank some Patreon supporters. Kick us off, Croaks. All right, I got Michael Hayes this week. Michael's from WA, um, Perth in particular. He's the manager at Quinana Aquatic and is the man behind Mental MVMT. Um, so Mental Movement, I'm guessing it sort of stands for. It's predominantly an online awareness campaign highlighting the positive links between exercise and mental health and encouraging conversations around mental health. Uh, I think he's run 15.25 at the Lake uh, Joondaloop Park Run, 33.39 at the 2021 Fremantle Running Festival and 237 at the 2021 Perth Marathon. So thank you for your support, Michael, and, um, yeah, keep up all the great work with that mental health stuff. Michael's good man. Michael. I know Michael. He's a great bloke. Who you got, Moose? Um, I've got Asanka Pereira from Croydon in Victoria. So PB of 20 minutes at the Dorset Park Run, 41.38 at this year's Albert Park 10K, 89.47 Run Melbourne, and 3.28 at last year's Melbourne Marathon. I think he works in data infrastructure operations and analytics. Jeez, what is that? <laughs> IT. <laughs> IT, yeah. <laughs> IT. Is that what Sinead does when they say she works in IT? Oh. Is that similar stuff? Um, I, uh, I don't know. It's just like computer stuff, like just fixing computers and stuff. Yeah, let's just stick to running, boys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good on you, Asanka. Thanks, thank Asanka. Thank you for that. I'm going to thank Tobias Malseth from Norway. We think he lives near Tom's, Tromso, which is Christian's hometown. Mm. So very, very north in the, in the snow. Um, he's ran 16.21 for 5K, and he's ran 33.30 at the Drummond 10K, which the 10K and the half marathon were both held on the weekend, weren't they, Croaks? Uh, I yeah. what he um, Did he race there, do you know? I don't know. I'll actually I'll look it up um, and see. Yeah, I'll see if I can find it. I know Christian put a. Um, yeah, I mean, he did the. He did Christian, the, right? Yeah, he's the organizer. Of he it. did the half. Mate. Yeah, to, yeah. He's about to get an unfollow that bloke with all that spam shit that he's been shoving down our throats. The drama and everything. Mm-hmm. Drama, yeah. Drama. Just quieten him down for this weekend next year. I reckon. He did put a him race. On... He did a race yesterday and he came third, but it wasn't Drummond. It was. Um, looks like it was something like Trail mountain race at 378 meters of elevation in 15k but he didn't um, race his own race no this is um tobias not christian oh, tobias sorry tobias yeah i'm not sure um, i can't understand this stuff because in norwegian but it looks like by the emojis that he's got the uh third place finishing medal there so well done, tobias. He's called toby over there toby uh i'm not 100 sure how it works like that moose but maybe they do they're called toby over here tobias's I'm just putting in the Google Translate now. He said he went out too hard in the first two kilometres and then jumped in control when the body came back after five to six kilometres. Do not tempt with repetition. 
Not sure how good uh, Google Translate's working there. Mm. But well done, Tobias, and thank you for your support of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you to all Patreon supporters for their support of the show. It was a big week of content last week. I hope you enjoyed uh, the uncut version of Shoe Geeks with your man, Moose. That was a great episode. You One of the that. best of all times. Some big really? feedback there. Yeah, I loved it. What do you like about it? I just like that. Well, actually, was Tom DeCano there at all? Like He hardly spoke the whole time. Um, I, that's not what I liked because I actually enjoy hearing from Tom, but I feel like he was just a fly on the wall, didn't have too many questions. Um, Nidder was up and about. I like that. But I just find, I don't know, the English accent, I think... You Those like the guys. English accent. That's what made this interview. No, I think, yeah, it was good to listen to. I think those guys have a um, they have a level of respect for you guys. So then it makes a conversation pretty free flowing. And there are a couple of moments there where he um, he you could tell he really wanted to tell you guys stuff, but he mm. legally couldn't. And that was a good sign that he felt comfortable around you. I think like. Yeah, no, it just flowed really quick. I must admit, sometimes I don't get through all the Shoe Geek episodes because they're a bit too technical for my uh, basic brain. But um, I found that one was very easy to listen to. Mm. Yeah, we got a lot of good feedback, actually, just personally about that, too. Yeah. What else are we doing on Patreon? Road to Berlin. Those boys are only three weeks away, I think, as of yesterday. So they'll be recapping that. The curse hasn't hit anyone yet. The monthly will be coming up soon, I reckon. We'll have to do an episode for... um, for August to recap things there, and we're, we're two of three hosts locked in for the next Road 2 series, still working on the third one. Even got Chriso working on the third one for me, fellas. He was in the DMs of this other person um, the other day, which is good. Anyway, uh, Inside Run Podcast, no, patreon.com forward slash Inside Run Podcast if you want all the details over there. This week's episode of the Inside Running Podcast is proudly sponsored by ASICS. Stability has never felt better than with the Gel Kayano 30. Reimagine stability. New 4D guidance system provides adaptive and on-demand stability, supporting runners in every step of their run. Softer landings. New pure gel technology for enhanced shock absorption, softer landings and smoother transitions. More cushioning. New lightweight FF Blast plus eco cushioning and an increased four millimeters in stack height means an even more comfortable ride. A lighter footprint for a brighter tomorrow. The Gel Kayano 30's carbon footprint is 14% lower than the industry average, a study conducted by MIT. Visit ASICS.com or your specialty running store to grab your pair today. Run and use croaks take us to Zurich Diamond League. All right, yeah, so we, I know we chat about it every year. The, the Diamond Leagues after a major championship are a bit hit and miss. Some people sort of wrap up the season. Some are trying, you know, for some redemption. Um, Zurich was a good Diamond League. The one in China was probably a little bit lower quality. But firstly, Zurich, uh, men's 1,500. Yared Nagus um, pipped Josh Kerr, like, literally on the line. There was two hundredths of a second between them. Josh Kerr was the one that was... Probably, the, yeah, he was the most aggressive throughout the race, was right on the pacemaker and then, you know, led all the way through to like two metres to go. Um, yeah, Nagus won in 330.49, Josh Kerr 330.51 and Abel Kipsang was third in 330.85. Uh, Stewie was sort of on the, you know, was competitive until maybe 200 to go, uh, faded a little bit, um, seventh in 331.92. Do you guys watch it? I did watch it. I watched that. Um, 
Nagoose was pretty sneaky on the inside there to get through and just dip Kerr on the line. We almost went to a photo finish. The commentators mm. wanted to say Kerr got it, but um, yeah, it was a fascinating race. I just want, like, the closing speed, Stewie just got left behind. He was kind of there and put himself in a great position, but the kick finishes just kind of, I know it's only a second and a bit, but just mm. um, not even that. He's, oh, yeah, second and a half. Just kind of blew him out of the water, and he went from second, third at 200 to go to, to seventh pretty quick. Yeah, which I don't know. I just loved seeing. Remember a couple of years ago when it was probably just, I don't know it was probably this pace, wasn't it? And he would just go hard and just hang on and still be on the podium. Yeah, yeah. So I think yeah, he obviously I heard one interview after World Champs that um yeah like he obviously hasn't had a great season. I think he was like injured early on in the year and um that probably you know has translated through the rest of the season. So I think he's hoping just to you know, get a couple of decent races under his belt before he comes home, but then, you know, keep the momentum rolling through to the through to next year. Has he not had a great season or has the standard lifted? Uh, a bit of both. I, I don't think Stewie's at his best, um, but there's a lot more depth now. Like last year, last year it was pretty much Ingebrigtsen and then, you know, um, uh, Ollie, Stewie, um, whereas now, like you got, you know, what probably you've had twelve different guys break three thirty mm. this year. Yeah, it wasn't like that last year. I know because I just feel like I'm looking at this time in front of me. It says three thirty one point nine, and we're saying like it's mm. yeah, like it's still a phenomenal run. And I feel like um, yeah, maybe two or three years ago that did get him on the podium. I'd yeah. have to look at the numbers. The five k was interesting. Kajelcha just absolutely brained everyone. He uh, he pretty much won by hundred meters when I was watching this. He ran twelve forty six for five thousand meters. Salomon Borrega was second in 12.54. Grant Fisher was third in 12.54 as well. But it was uh, Kajelch's win easy there. Yeah. Kat Bissett was in action in the 800 metres. Laura Muir got the win in 157.7. Kat Bissett was second, 158.7. Adele Tracy was third in 159.05. Did and you watch that? No, I didn't watch that one. I don't know why. Brokes? Yeah, yeah, watch the 800. Um, how did the race play out? Um, so Muir with like 150 to go was like well and truly clear, but yeah, Kat was pretty strong down the home straight. Um, I feel like I spoke about it like maybe a month or two ago, like Kat used to be really aggressive, like the whole way, like, you know, she'd, she'd be right on the pacemaker. Whereas I feel like this year she's sort of just been a little bit more measured in that first sort of 600 and then she's been able to like close a lot better than she has previous years. So um, yeah, like any time, you know, finishing second in the Diamond League is a good achievement. And she's very consistent now around that sort of 158. So, yep. Yeah. Mm. Uh, then it was China, wasn't it? So is this the last one before it goes to the Diamond League final? No, they've got Brussels this Brussels. coming weekend. One more to go. Because yep. I know because um, Lyndon Hall was third. She ran 357.9. The race was won by Hallyu in 356.5. And Sheptershire was second in 356.7. But I think this now makes her equal on the qualification points to go to the final of the Diamond League, which is big money. Okay. So I can see why they've gone across to, to China to tick this one off. Um, that was the women's 1500. Beatrice Chabet won the 3K in 824. Um, the 800 was really close. The world champ at Rop got out-dipped. He ran 143.2. And Wu Yoni, have I got that right, Craigs? Wan Yuni? 
Wanyonyi. From Kenya, he ran 143.2, which is a world lead. And Benjamin Robert was third in 143.8. Our man in the steeple, Al Bacali, doesn't get beaten often. He ran 810 to win that. So I don't know about these Diamond Leagues post-world champs. A lot of people um, skip them. I think Noah Lyles is kind of, you know, not that we talk about sprint much on this show, but he's kind of uh, foregone a lot of financial benefit in the Diamond League final to, to end his season. And it's kind of a bit of a weird time when they happen post-world champs. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? Does your it, interest go down? Well, it does if the if – the, my interest goes down when the fields aren't very good. So, for example, the women's 3K in the, at the China Diamond League, like Beatrice Trebet was like really the only big name in that field, um, whereas the women's 1500 had a few more names. But it's not – it's not the same depth that they were before the world championships. And now you've got either people wanting to extend their season a little bit, pick up some prize money or like Lyndon, for example, wanting to get some extra points to get into the um, final in Eugene in a few weeks time. Um, Yeah. So I I don't get up and about as much, Um, but I think the the diamond league finals will be good. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they'll come back out for that. What do you reckon Um, about, um, two different diamond leagues on the other side of the world same day or like a couple of days apart yeah well that's why the china one was definitely the yeah wasn't as good as the um zurich one um yeah i don't know the reason why they're scheduled it that way because didn't china and doha used to be early doha definitely did like it was almost like i reckon china was early too you're right I reckon yeah. it was hit that region, then taken maybe to the American ones, actually, like Portland. And then New York used to have one at one stage. And then maybe Dormo in Europe. Yeah. Could be wrong. Someone will, someone will correct me in our DMs throughout the week, I reckon. New South Wales Half Marathon Championships croaks. Yeah, so Benny St. Lawrence got the win up there, 65-55. Uh, Leo Pedersen was second in 67-34. And Joe Burgess was third in 67-56. Uh, Neve Allen won the women's in 72.44. Rosie Weber second, 76.55. And Helena Eastham was third in 78.37. Neve is just on a winning streak, isn't she? Yeah, she's had a good season. She's the name to watch going forward. Burnley half marathon, Moose. Top threes. Uh, Burnley half, yeah. Andre Waring was the winner. So 64.27. He, um, he's been racing a lot, hasn't he? He, what did he race? National Cross. Um, Sunshine Coast Half as well. Yeah, Sunny Coast Half. He's been in a few lately. Um, so he ran 64.27. He looked pretty comfy out there at the turnarounds when I saw him. Uh, he probably had it stitched up relatively early, although Archie did well to maintain the gap to second. He It was just a, probably like had 30 seconds on him. Maybe it was like each lap probably put five seconds on him. Um, so Archie was 65 flat for second, and Nath Stoat, 65.15. You still coach Nath? Still coach but, Nath. That's a big breakthrough so for Nath. What, coming third? Yeah, 65.15. This is a guy running like 17, 18 minutes at Park Run, like 2019, 18. Oh, you reckon he, he was a Disney, he was a, Disney he was, movie? He was a diamond in the rough. <laughs> still low mileage. Doesn't do much more than 100K. Who do you reckon plays him in the Disney movie? Uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, Gosling. 
Hugh Jackman, <laughs> someone like that. Hugh Jackman's like 65 years old. Yeah, Nathan looks a bit older than he actually is, I reckon. Sorry, he's not that old either. Nah, it's a good run from him. Credit two to blokes, the coach. Two blokes in the Murray River in second and third. We're like the I-10 yeah. of um, bloody Kenya up here. Hey, Team Croats, scores. how good's Archie going since he joined MTC? Nah, I, think, I think he's changed that. I think he's back doing his own stuff. What do you mean? You don't coach? He, has, he you hasn't don't... been coached. Nah, I think he went from like me writing his program to jumping in workouts in Melbourne, but now he's back doing all his workouts in the Chukamoama, and he's definitely not doing what he used to be doing in Melbourne. So I think I can still take a bit of credit for that. Because <laughs> you live dives. near him. Just because yeah. you live near him. That's what happens in small towns. Anyway, coach second and um, third. In the women, in the women's oh, sorry, the teams event. Sorry, Box Hill won ninety four. They they um. Oh, they beat you. Bendigo yeah, second. Yeah, 100. 100 points. Ballarat. Ballarat. Fucking mm. hell. Third place. Do you know Ballarat are equal oh. with you on the points now in the ladder? Oh, no shit. And they're going to touch us up at the 10 because they got these fast kids. All right. Might be all hands on deck for the Geelong fellas. And do you know, I reckon Ballarat's resurgence has coincided with you starting to run uh, XCR for, um, for Geelong region. Talking a bit of shit too, I reckon. Yeah, you all, they were like battling for them. Yeah. They've come back. Hats off to the Ballarat boys. You should have seen them after the stand team here. Hang on, I'll paste it in here. There we go. They... You see that? Geelong yeah. and Ballarat on 50 points with one Ooh. round to go. Ooh. Fighting it out for fifth. Yeah, so you can't lose now, the bats. Mathematically can't lose, Croaks. Yeah, correct. Back-to-back premierships. First time in franchise history. Anyway, we'll talk about that when it actually happens at 10, realise. Women's race, you see Gemma? Yeah, Gemma won. So she beat, she, oh, bloody close though. She beat Victoria Skeltsonis, um, who ran 74.15, and Gemma was 74.06. So that's only nine seconds difference. Erica Flores was third in, in 77.18. Big gap, isn't it? Big From gap. But third, yeah, three minutes. Close for first and second. I reckon that gap was bigger than that. And then maybe Skeltsonis has come back a bit. Yeah, uh, I think Gemma was meant to be doing some marathon pace stuff and maybe got a bit excited going by her Athletes Victoria interview. Well, yeah. I mean, what is she? Going for 228 or something? Yeah, I think Mattress, that was the instructions, but I think things changed when she had a sniff of the win. Did that's you not, see the. See, did, that's the danger with doing this shit, isn't it? Like, yeah, when you have a plan going in. It is did you different, run though. Two weeks ago, too? It's one thing to get caught up when you're in a race situation, when your adrenaline's a bit higher and you kind of, you know, the pace is going to feel a bit more comfortable. And it's a complete other thing when you're in for a win. I can see where instinct takes over there, but it could could get dangerous. Can't coach your spouse either. Shit like this happens when you're coaching your spouse. Don't you coach Bree? No, Ali coaches Bree. Oh, does she? So you can't, because this is, there's not, there's no respect, there's no accountability. Because, like, Jim has just gone, oh, fuck it, it's just my husband telling me what to do. Let's see I what happens at Melbourne. Let's judge it after a Melbourne marathon oh, debut. Oh, I reckon Mattress would have been dirty on that one. Did you see the um, absolute tour of a bloke who took the finishing tape? <laughs> I don't – look, that bloke paid his entry just like Gemma did. It's not his. He shouldn't have to deal with a finish tape when he's running through the finish line. No. So is, there mate... a, is, there a sh- is there a separate shoot for the guys yeah. to go through? Yeah, my mate Crammers ran 74 as well and went around it. He came in with Gemma. And there he, was he, no separate shoot, There Brady. was. Yeah, there was. Crammers reckons he took it. This guy looked at Gemma as 
The, the tape was there. He's looked at Gemma and then surged to take the tape. Uh, that bloke paid his entry fee, same yeah. as Gemma. He was going through the line. It's not his It's not his job to get out of the way. He they took the tape up in front of him. He took the moment away from her. She just won the Victorian Half Marathon Championships and she didn't get to run through the tape because some bloke coming in, what, what time did you run, 74? Some bloke coming. Yes, so some bloke coming 85th got to run through the finishing tape and not our best female half marathoner in Victoria on that day. You blame AV for that, not this poor bloke who just got caught up in it. This bloke doesn't want to deal with that shit. He's out there to run his best He wasn't. You watched that video. He thought, I'm taking that tape. (laughs) I think it's great. Probably never ran through a finishing tape in his life. I wonder if he he took it home with him. Yeah. I think he tried to give it to her afterwards and that didn't go down real well. (laughs) Anyway, this is this is getting interesting in the teams though. So Glenn Huntley won all four of them in the top ten, which is amazing. Box Hill second, South Melbourne third, but they are seven points ahead of South Melbourne. So yeah, as long as they, uh, it's not that interesting. Yeah, they've got yeah. to avoid a disaster at the ten realize. And I guess if they've got four in the top ten, that's not going to happen. But if they were to finish seventh or eighth, and Saint Stephen's were to win at 10 relays they do have a lot of fast women so that's probably like fast juniors who can go quick south uh not south melbourne um st stevens that um that could definitely happen they could win but glenn huntley just have to be top top six top seven and um they win the premiership so something to look out for 10 relays in a couple of weeks listen to question croaks uh yeah firstly you boys been swooped yet by any magpies <sighs> magpies no. are overrated people whinge about magpies hardly ever see them to be honest mm. up here I got, I got swooped a couple get, of times just walking. People but. get too worried about them. Anyway, the question is about magpies. What do you do about the goddamn swooping magpies while on a marathon training block? And that question comes from Sarah Donovan. Um, I love the passion there. The <laughs> hatred for magpies. Goddamn is swooping magpies. Bloody, it's clear. She hates the magpies. <laughs> Whereas I've never really had any issues with being swooped at all. Like, I can't remember a time where it's been a problem that I've had to worry about. Yeah. Just I've had a, the areas, wouldn't you? Yeah, I've had a few issues. So there's always one out at the Stromlo cross-country course, um, and it, it's around for a long period of time. Because you know how, like, sometimes the birds actually don't swoop for that long? But the one at Stromlo, it's always down at the bottom part of the course, just as you're a bit, you basically do a 90 degree turn and then head up a hill. So this thing is just on top of you the whole time as you're going up the hill. I remember when we got back from Berlin, actually that year, I was out there meant to do, do like a two by 20 minutes over the, like the undulations. And I was going to do the full two and a half K loop, but then I, I warmed up and I got swooped there. So then I just started using the 1.5 K loop. So I guess my theory on it is if you are going to be like swooped, like, multiple times on a session then i would you know go somewhere else i'm willing to basically cop it if i'm doing an out and back i'm willing to cop it once on the way out once on the way back um but if it's yeah if it's constant you know if you're doing a 3k loop and every time you go around the loop you're going to get swooped and you're doing a long session then yeah just find somewhere else Mm. people wear those things on their hats like you know the bike riders have like little plastic straws and stuff cable ties yeah, is that a thing people could do? Uh, I don't know how you attach them to your cap. So I reckon uh, I, could, I could see you rolling around with one of them, Brady. Yeah, well, good, wouldn't they? See if Lululemon make one, Bruce. Yeah, oh, you don't do that. You just sticky tape them on. The thing is, people, like, sometimes, and I've been, like, guilty of this in the past, where I worry about snakes. And you're like, well, you look at how many encounters have you had with a snake over 12 months? Like, 
period. And then you're like, then you work out how many minutes that was compared to all the minutes you run that year. And you're like, well, why am I worrying about something that takes up like not even 1% of the time I run throughout a year? Some of the magpies, I the numbers. Some of the magpies can be pretty brutal and, and like they're very consistent. Like yeah, that's so one thing. Some of the brown snakes, mate, if, kill if you. If you run in the same spots year on year, like the magpie yeah. comes back every year to swoop and you know which ones are pretty sort of dangerous in terms of like they'll actually hit you and you know which ones will just sort of, you know, give you a bit of a scare, a bit of haven't a warning. You, haven't you threatened to kill a bird on this show? Oh, yeah, what was that animal? Is that an animal? Yeah, no. It? Yeah, there's a mag there's magpie, a magpie right. out out at Mulligans. Yeah, that's like yeah, yeah that's pretty right. uh pretty aggressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shall we go uh, to our guest croaks? Eight fifteen, I can see written here. Is that yep. correct? Let's do it. I'll add them now. You can add them in, and I'll uh, look to when they're added in, and then I will do an introduction because uh, big name guest just been top sixteen in the world. Let's just joined Brady. This week's uh little drop-in guest on the Inside Running Podcast is Lisa Waitman. She's a four-time Olympian, maybe about to make it five-time. We're going to talk about that with some questions tonight. Two-time Commonwealth Games medalist and the third fastest Australian female marathoner of all time. Last weekend, she finished 16th in the world at the Budapest World Championships over the marathon. Welcome back to the Inside Running Podcast, Lisa. Thanks. Thanks for having me. No worries at all. Are you back in Melbourne, back in Australia? I am. Yeah, we... Spent Sunday in Budapest, Lachlan and I, and enjoyed a swim in the pool to recover. And uh, then we flew home that afternoon and got back Monday night, then uh, started work Tuesday. So we haven't really had a moment to breathe, really. But uh, yeah, it was a fantastic trip and glad I had the opportunity to experience it. Straight back in the swing of things. How's the body like? That can't be good flying that close to the race finishing as well like were you pretty stiff getting off the plane I'm sure yeah look I wasn't too bad this time uh, I think I paced myself pretty well in the in the run and and sort of come out come off it pretty well so the legs have been yeah pretty reasonable uh it's always hard to jump on a plane especially when you know you really want to be celebrating and having a bit of fun but and Budapest was just beautiful so we were a little sad to leave, but very excited to go home to Pete. So we'd um, uh, probably, you'll probably ask me a few questions about the lead up, but we had spent uh, already four weeks away from him. So uh, we were both pretty keen to get back to see him and, and enjoy the celebration with the family. Is that the longest you've been away? We've probably had you on the show when we weren't parents, like previously, and I'm not sure if we would have ever, yeah. ever asked a question like that before, but that... That um, here in four weeks and thinking about my own children, like that must be very difficult. Yeah, it was a lot harder for the Olympics. Uh, so with all of the COVID uh, challenges that we had, I was away from Pete for, I think it was ended up being nine weeks. Um, oh, and so, yeah, by the time I got home from that trip, you know, including all of the hotel quarantine uh, and the, you know, it was quite isolating um, throughout most of that period. Uh, I was, you know, not in a good mental space. So uh, this time was certainly a lot easier. Uh, and he was very lucky. My And Locke and I are very lucky. My parents uh, are very close to Pete and spend, you know, we spend a lot of time as a family together. And, and so they moved in with him and uh, they just resumed our positions and uh, looked after him here and, and he just kept his normal routine, going to school and doing all of his activities and, and so it made made for a quicker experience, I guess. So, 
yeah, we ha- we actually Locke and I went to Cairns for three and a half weeks before Budapest just to get some heat acclimation. Uh, as we as we all know, it's been a bit chilly in uh, Victoria, so it was certainly wasn't going to be the right spot to prepare for another warm one. So we went up to Cairns, and and neither of us had leave from work available to us, and nor could we um, take that much time off from our roles. So we worked from there uh, plus the cost of it was quite quite uh, horrendous um, as well so we needed to make sure that we were earning money to pay for the cans trip too so uh, yeah so it worked out well that we were able to work both of us work remotely and and that mum and dad were able to support Pete and and help us achieve this goal. Lisa um, firstly congratulations on your result what uh, were your goals going into it and, and how did the race play out for you? Yeah, so there was a little bit of conversation um, before Worlds around whether or not there'd be criteria in the Olympic policy uh, for a certain place in world chance to be an automatic spot for the Olympics. Uh, And so in the lead up, we weren't too sure about exactly what position that would be, but we'd had a couple of conversations uh, with Athletics Australia around what the potential position would be. And there was talk about um, that being top eight. Uh, and so, you know, when I had to make a decision as to whether or not I wanted to run world champs, I also then you don't know who's in the field. So you don't know who's nominated across all the different countries. So, um, yeah, we talked about it, Lachlan, Dick and I, and at length and talked about the options uh, for what would be the best lead up to try to get to secure uh, a spot at the Olympic Games. And and through speaking um you know, to various um, people at Athletics Australia and having conversations ourselves within the family unit, we thought, well, we're, we're thinking about this and probably possibly overthinking it uh, too much when I have this opportunity to represent Australia at the Worlds. So why not go and, and give it a go and have another, um, another shot at a world championship? And my Berlin experience in 2009 was so much fun. Uh, with Dick and Locke so we thought why not this could um, you know be a really memorable occasion and so once we decided to do it then we changed all of the plans that we had in place Um, you know I was going to just do some local racing and try to get a half PB and things like that and then we went no let's do this this is a really great opportunity to uh, run in the green and gold again and you don't know how many times you've got that left at my age so uh, yeah we, we kind of went let's do it and um yeah the hope was to try to get as close to that top eight as possible uh but i did once i saw you know we had four ethiopians who are you know two 14 15 type runners and uh because they had the the obviously the reigning world champion as well so they had an extra athlete and um we had you know a solid american team and um you know the japanese runners were sort of 220 221 runners and and then you've got um obviously the Africans um, contingent who uh, now run for other European countries and you know so it was a fairly um, fairly stacked field and so uh, I knew top eight was going to be a bit of a bit of a stretch but um, yeah it was uh, sort of I guess just trying my best to finish um, as you know as close to the top 10 as possible yeah you've done and, um sorry Chris, it's like isn't it great to see a world champs where people show up though? Like, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
like it gives it credibility back and like i i think even like yourself yeah well i mean currently within this olympic block the second fastest um marathoner and you're going up to world champs even with a qualifier already so like if you you're setting a good precedent i think for the future and hopefully people follow your um, example uh look i hope so julian it was a, it was a really great experience so uh you know having the opportunity to sort of set a plan that worked for us and that took into consideration all the you know the the lifestyle we have which is a bit different i guess to other marathoners in that field um you know to have that opportunity to just keep things quite simple for us uh, and to uh have you know it was a really wonderful experience with the team the team environment was great we had um you know some really good camaraderie there um it was really nice to work with the girls and you know offer them any help that they needed and and similarly um they did for me too and um it and also we had i had brett uh lance who was my assigned coach over there and obviously i had Locke with me as well all the way and so it just kept things really calm really simple um and yeah just just had the opportunity to execute all of the training that dick had mm-hmm. set me and and so i went into it you know really quite positive uh and it was really nice to have that team environment that we all missed out on for the tokyo olympics which um you know it was was quite an isolating experience uh for for certainly for me but uh potentially for some of the other athletes as well going through that so yeah it was it was really positive and um you know hopeful that we can uh field great marathon teams um well into the future and I guess looking back at it now, is there anything that you do differently in training or, or during the race itself? Uh, I guess you can always go the what ifs and you can say, well, uh, surprisingly, I ran 72, 20, uh, what did I run? 74, 25 and, or, sorry, 75, 25 and 75, 25 to the letter, to the two halves. Uh, obviously, I didn't realise that at the time exactly, but, um, you know, it, it, I ran... I guess what you could say is I probably ran a little bit safe um, and, you know, there was a little bit left, but it was still pretty gruelling. So, uh, you know, I could have taken a few more risks early on and, and I guess that's all part of the learning experience that I can take into the Olympics should I be fortunate to be selected uh, because, you know, we tried a, a fair bit of, um, you know, we tweaked a fair bit through this this whole year really with training and, um, we can use some of that in the lead up to next year and and also I guess you know to tweak a little bit more of my fueling plan in the heat um, because you know the the fueling tends to be a little bit different when you're um, running a cold weather marathon to a hot weather marathon needing more electrolytes and things like that so um, now I've got that bit of a dress rehearsal there uh, I could certainly tweak a few things but once again you know you don't really know um, you know, had I gone out a bit harder or held on for a bit longer, what that would have, you know, how that would have changed the result. So I think in the end, sometimes you just kind of got to go, okay, well, I made those decisions on the fly um, and just kind of be happy with that and not overthink it too much. Otherwise, you're constantly in this sport um, thinking about all the things you haven't achieved instead of celebrating the things you have. So, yeah, try not to do too much of that what-if scenario um, at this stage. 
Lisa, how confident and like safe do you think you are with a qualification um, for Paris? Like I've got you as a lock. You and Sinead, your times are that far ahead of everyone else at the moment. But you've kind of mentioned that you know going to these ones was trying to cement that position a bit more. Um, it will be a fifth potential Olympic Games, and we've actually I did some research before. We've had some people in athletics go to four: Rob DiCastella, Steve Monteghetti, Lisa Ondieki, and Simon Baker. But no one ever gone to five before. So um, you're pretty confident this far out. Uh, look, I you, you would think that you know that I should be at two twenty three. I mean, I've been chasing two twenty three for my whole career. Just you know, Lisa Ondiki has been a mentor of mine, through, you know, since I was a young girl. And I remember sitting at um, Olympic Park at Azadapec many many years ago uh, with Dad and Dick saying watching Lisa and Dickie run the Zatapec and I remember saying to them, wow, I wish one day I could run as fast as her. Um, and, you know, and, and so I guess I, I won't forget that, you know, that sort of mindset and that experience with Dad and Dick and uh, to have done that this year, finally, after all this time, uh, and also to run, you know, sort of fast times on the track as well, you know, in the 10 and on the road. Um, it's been you know, a very special personal moment for me in my career with everything that we've invested. Um, but, yeah, to think that I finally hit the 223 and I'm still nervous that I won't get the spot. Um, you know, I, I guess nothing is certain, um, you know, and and I'm striving to run even faster. So I guess I just keep striving and hopefully, um, you know, I'll run another one a bit quicker again and, and really cement my spot. Uh, I've certainly trained a lot more, um, certainly done a lot more mileage, and the quality of my training has has um, certainly stepped up as well. Um, and in the sort of since I started running, you know, preparing for Berlin last year. So um, yeah, so it's good. The body's handling it all, and and so I'm excited and really want that opportunity um, to yeah run, make history, and and run at five Olympics. Yeah, I've got you down carrying the flag into the opening ceremony. <laughs> well, I don't have much of a profile and I, I only, I've been laughing a lot because I said I've finally uh, hit 10,000 followers on Instagram. It's only taken me like 44 years or however long Instagram's been going for. But, um, you know, I don't have the profile, I guess. So uh, probably the flag's probably not going to be, <laughs> not going to happen for me given I don't have much of a profile because all that stuff seems to be important these days, not just performance, but uh, yeah, look, to have that opportunity, I, I, I wasn't happy with my performance at Tokyo and there's a lot of things that went into uh, into that performance. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm certainly, um, I've certainly taken an opportunity to step it up in my training and to have much of a stronger mental game as well. So I really would like that opportunity to um, to run in the, the fifth one mm-hmm. because... Um, I think I'm I'm certainly ready and raring to go. Well, here's a stat. Here's a stat for you, Lisa. There's only been seven athletes from all different sports that are Australian that have gone to five or more Olympics. So it's like Andrew yeah. Gaze, Natalie Cook, Stuart O'Grady, Zhang Fang Lei from table tennis, Mary Hanna, Russell Mark, and Andrew Hoy. They're the only people that have been to like five or more. And so if you made it five, like that, that is your profile. Like you know. Yeah, I think you'd have to be then up you'll there get to carry a flag. Followers. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know what I've done wrong in the social media game, but um, yeah. Look, it's. I'm really proud of everything that we've done. I mean, I've done 
all of my running um, with a full-time job uh, because we just haven't been able to support ourselves uh, financially through running. So, um, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, I would love it if there was more of a profile, I guess, from my story because, uh, you know, we're in a position, Locke and I now, I guess, where we can really take more time off and, and we've sort of done things a bit, you know, upside down in comparison to the standard way of, um, you know, athletics in, in this country and, and around the world. But uh, we're sort of at the position now where, you know, next year we'll take um, a fair chunk of time and focus solely on the Olympics and be in a position to do that. But I think, you know, throughout my career as an athlete, I just financially haven't been able to support myself. So we've had no choice but to do it this way. Um, yeah, but ho hopefully they can sort of, you know, that message can go out and, you know, Sinead and I can kind of, promote the message that you know when you want to be a marathon runner you don't have to be in a rush because um you can do it well into your 40s and and probably do it better than ever before um and so there's no no reason to rush and really um put yourself at risk or or not establish other important things in your life um as a result yeah and on the financial stuff like we've seen you you backed up after was it nagoya and then or was it Osaka? Osaka, and then you did Tokyo. Um, there's some big money getting thrown around at Sydney and then Melbourne Marathon. Like, will we potentially see you go around domestically to, to grab some money? No, I'm at the stage of my career, or I have been pretty much throughout my career, where the performance is why I run. So, um, you know, I ran Tokyo, but I didn't get paid for Tokyo. So I know you guys mentioned it on one show, but, you know, all were wondering why I did yeah that. was it to get the majors yeah. was that the whole thinking oh, behind look, it? I actually was um I had an opportunity through ASICS to get a, a sub elite start originally and and this was before I had an, op an offer from Osaka and so um I was then given the opportunity and invited to run Osaka because my manager organizes the elite field so uh, when I was given that opportunity to run Osaka I was like yeah I really want to do that um and have a go at running fast there and and you know I had I knew there was going to be a group that I could run with and so it was kind of the perfect trip uh, but I also had the sub elite start for Tokyo um, because Tokyo um, had selected their elite field and they hadn't you know they hadn't picked me for that um, and so I had the sub elite start through ASICS and uh, my friend Claire she was um, thinking about running Tokyo and I said to her look if I recover well I'll uh, from Osaka well enough I'll pace you for you know as much of it as I possibly can um, depending on how I pull up and so she'd booked our accommodation and we were gonna you know the kids were gonna play together and you know we're gonna have a good time after Osaka and and help her uh, but then she got a bit of a hamstring niggle and then ended up moving to London to do London so I had this entry uh, we went to Tokyo and then ASICS asked me if I would do, you know, a few little bits and pieces um, while I was there. And, and so we made it a real fun holiday. So we took Pete and um, we went to Disney in the middle and we had a great time at Disney. And uh, and then I felt all right. I recovered really quickly uh, from Osaka. And so I said to Locke, you know what, I think I'm just going to give it a go uh, because I probably may not ever get, you know, invited here. So... Um, why not? And then I've only got Boston left. So that's the, that's really how it all worked out. Um, 
and I got to experience a marathon from a completely different perspective. So I got to, um, you know, just see other Australians running in the different waves and I wasn't pressured about running a particular time. I just wanted to finish and, yeah, so it was, it was quite nice to experience a marathon from a without all the pressure that's associated when you're trying, when you're putting so much expectation on yourself to hit a time or qualify for something. So will you look to do another fast marathon before the Olympic qualification period ends? Yeah, I've got one more planned. So, um, yeah, hopefully I'm recovered pretty well uh, so far and so I'm just starting some light workouts this week and if everything goes well, then I'll do one more before the qualifying period ends. Can you say whether it's going to be this year or next year? Uh, it it will definitely be before end of January. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it shouldn't be too long before they announce it, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, these things are coming around pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lisa, you you ran an hour the day after the marathon, is that right, in um, Budapest? Did I see that? I, I jog, walked, jogged with Lock uh, 5K around the island. And oh, then, right. Yeah, yeah. I don't, don't know think... what I – okay, yeah. I might have seen something different, sorry. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, yeah, Locke and I went the next day to sort of shuffle around because we knew that we were going to be getting on a flight. So we thought, you know, we want to kind of move a bit so then we don't just get off, you know, on a plane for hours and then stiffen up. So that was sort of the method in the madness. Uh, we and were really lucky. Yeah. We, yeah, we had the track. I'm sure you guys probably saw um, everyone taking videos and photos, but – um, it had the rubberized track around the entire island. So um, they certainly looked after us with the hotel they had us in because uh, we had access to that and then we had access to all these thermal pools. Uh, so we were able to go and use those as well before we got on the plane. Yeah, of course. Um, what, what do you do with your heat training? Like um, in order to get it right, like what – for those people out there who are doing hot marathons or warm ones at least, can you like offer a little bit of insight? Yeah, so we went to Cairns because as you probably know, Julie, and usually it's about 28 degrees there at that time of year, but oh. we were a bit unlucky uh, because it was uh, a bit cooler. It rained a fair bit while we were in Cairns and some of the days were a bit, you know, 24 um, degrees. So we were hoping it would be a little bit quick a little bit hotter to give us that sort of maximum benefit but you know we had to just deal with what we were de dealt with from the gods um, so yeah so we trained um you know from cans to get uh more acclimation than in melbourne but not but we didn't want to totally crush ourselves and be in you know really um push the envelope and then uh, we didn't do any sauna work in the lead up to Tokyo, but I know you guys did a bit of it and um, Sinead and Brett, I think, did a bit of it. So we uh, we also included sauna in the in the mix and, um, you know, that was quite enjoyable. We actually listened to a few of your episodes while we were in the sauna, Locke and I, to get us through the 45-minute session and <laughs> cool. enjoy that. Yeah. Great. Make it feel like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> So Very grim. We are appreciative of uh, some content so that we uh, didn't go stir crazy in the little boxes. But yeah, it was a real, I mean, like I said, I'm pretty positive about the whole experience. Locke and I kind of um, didn't really enjoy cans in the lead up to the Olympics. But this time around, we found, um, we caught up with some locals and found uh, some different trails to run on and 
met some new people and and they gave us some ideas as well so um yeah we found it a bit more of a positive experience which i think is super important when you're pushing yourself in the hot weather um you know you need you need to uh make sure you're running somewhere that's enjoyable Lisa, last one from me. Sydney's in two weeks. Uh, Melbourne's in maybe five or six. Any advice for the listeners out there who are maybe about to start their taper or still a few weeks away from their taper about how to execute on race day? Because you've uh, proven that you're pretty good at that over the, the couple, of, <laughs> more than a couple of marathons you've done. Yeah, I think probably a um, couple of key things is to, if you're starting to feel a bit nervous, to go back and have a look at all of the great work that you've put in in the lead up because that tends to create you know a real positive vibe and and really gives you that opportunity to move away from the doubts and focus and the fear and focus on all the positives and all the things that you have achieved Um, that's probably one key thing and you can draw on those kind of moments have one or two of those in your mind that you can draw on when you're out there in those latter stages that get a little challenging Um, and I think the other thing is to make sure you've found that you know, ideal pace when you're doing your training that, you know, you're comfortable at, but knowing that you'll probably be able to run a bit faster than that when you're all tapered down, uh, because when we're doing our full marathon training, you know, it's, um, you're not feeling the same and you're not uh, rested. So know that, you know, if you're not quite hitting the marathon pace in your sessions that, um, you know, when you're tapered down that you'll, you'll have that extra bit available to you. Trust in the work. Moose Crokes, got any more questions before we let Lisa go? None from me. No. no, no, no questions. Just well done. Yeah, well done again, Lisa, and thanks so much for your time tonight. I'm not sure how long Zach has said we'll be talking to you for, but we've nearly gone for half an hour, so thanks for all the uh, insightful answers. No worries. Thanks, guys. No See worries. Good luck with the recovery. See ya. Bye. All right, we've done listening to question. Moose on the loose, purchase of the week. Oh, rules well, of Strava. What else have this uh, this segment been called over the years? Well, I've Moose is give... confused. Remember that Moose... one where you just used to get confused yeah. about something that was pissing you off, and then have digs at people. Moose contradicts himself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, what have I got this week? Um, I've got to do a plug. I've had plugs no, on here. You before. do not have to do anything. <laughs> I do because it's a friend of the show, Brett Coleman. So got a plug yeah Yeah. brt run no complaints from you blokes here hooked hooked crooks up a new heart (laughs) (laughs) so ballerine rail trail he puts this on every year it's the brt run used to be called a fat ass run which they used to like people used to get together do just group runs they used to organize it like through the the old cool runnings forums crooks you would have loved that shit wouldn't you yeah, I'm old enough to know about cool running. Cool <laughs> you would remember that. Oh yeah, you would have been Is that on there. Still big time. Oh, uh, surely not. No, they used sure. to have. Um, I think they used to have like a cool running sort of elite. Or I know there was cool running singlets getting around. Blue yeah, and blue. I remember it was blue and yellow. You know who used to wear one? I reckon who? it was Dave Craniti used yeah. to wear one of them. Yeah. 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 Um, oh shit. That, this is bringing back some memories. <laughs> they used to have hats as well. Yeah, yep. Anyway, um, if you had one of them on, you're probably the biggest dork that I've ever met in my life. No, nah, but that's, like, that's what we are, but back back before podcasting. No, 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 no. I got respect for Cool Running, but it was like a forum, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's message boards and um, you could... They meetups and stuff, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it I probably one of the was your right. That's that, yeah, they were around. I remember oh, probably like the first time I ever really knew about the internet was around like 1998, and I reckon they even had a website around then. Yeah, it was, it was social media before social media. Yeah, shut down in 2020, I think. Yeah, oh. they used to have pace calculators on there, stuff like that. Occasionally, they do some news, but a, a lot of people would get their information there because they would, like, people would post race reviews mm. and race reports, and so you would learn about the, um, like, the different marathons around the country because someone would post like a thousand-word race report. And yep. and about the course and everything. I used to I used to go through it. Don't worry, I was on there. And this was often before like a lot of races didn't have their didn't have websites and things like that. And you know, obviously there wasn't as much social media around. So that's how you found out about you know running. I suppose. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And and there was race reports afterwards where like you would see the elite race results get posted up there. So it was bloody good, wasn't it? Back in the day, cool running. Yeah. Terrible yeah. name though, Cool Runnings. Like, that's a, that's that's a miss. Let's run. It was sort of like a real nerdy Australian version of Let's Run. Mm, yeah, that's a good yeah. way to describe it. Anyway, um, what was this all about? Uh, Brett it, Coleman, the Coleman, BRT cool run. Running. Yeah, BRT run. Oh, he was on there. I reckon he used to plug this BRT run on there because it was like a uh, free one. You would rock up and do it, and and then he it had to shut down the free stuff because there was too many people and all that. And so he, he gets insurance for it now, and people pay 10 bucks to show up. I think it's um, – I've just got some information. It's down on the Ballerine Rail Trail. The 34K, it starts in Queenscliff, and you run out to Drysdale and back. And the 17K, the most convenient thing to do is park in Queenscliff, and you catch this train, steam train, down to Drysdale. You get off at the train, and you run back to your car. So it's not a race or anything like that, but – it's a good chance for Melbourne marathoners to get out and do a long run. That's originally what it's for, 34K. You can have a practice, practice your drinks. We're going to give out a free Morton Jowl. Oh, Morton's going to help us out with that as well. So Morton, big fan of the show. They give out a jowl when you pick your bib up from the running company. And, uh, and then the whole idea is you practice your nutrition for this run and you can run with different people. And it's a great, it's a great thing. It's a fundraiser for... Um, Long region cross country, of course. So it's 10 bucks until 5 p.m. the night. No, 10 bucks until today. I think it turns to 20 bucks after today. Uh, sign up closes 5 p.m. the day before. So get on there. We love it. Still good value, even 20 bucks. 20 bucks, fuck. That's mm. awesome. I mean, you can put your personal drinks in buckets, I believe, mm. and they take them to the different um, tables that you can set them out at. That's like, it's basically a a marathon simulation run that someone's looking after you on. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's uh, this Sunday. We're going to be down there with a little tent. You might be able to catch a sight of Jimmy Friend, who's oh, becoming yeah. quite famous. Someone called him out on the street the other day. Someone drove past as he's walking down Paco, and they're like, hmm. you're Jimmy from the podcast. He's Lucky good, isn't he? He's good on Jimmy. the mic, Jimmy. Chuffed with that. Zach yeah. wants to give him his own show. He was talking about Saturday night. Oh boy, I, I, I might lose him in the store after this. Zachar on Saturday night. He's come up with about ten Patreon shows. He's creating. There goes Moose's leave leave work early and go for a run. <laughs> yeah, there's one big dog allowed in that store. 
Toby got injured at the right time. He was getting real ahead of himself. And, and now <laughs> I've got Liam Jimmy. Adams, remember? <laughs> yeah. Jimmy's coming through now and taking all this fame. It's a bit of a battle down below me, battle between Toby and Jimmy. Bit of animosity brewing, actually. That's good. I love it. Who's the, who's the best second-tier podcaster in the store? Is that the is that the, no? What's that? The plug no, that's of the, the week. Plug. I did buy a um, split squat rack the other day. You guys ever seen a split squat rack? No, no probably it's... have at the gym, but don't know if that's what it's called. It's tiny. It's like a little tiny. Um, well, it's a, it's looks like a mini mini squat rack, but in between where the the barbell would go, it's like a um, a foam roller that kind of gets like pinned in between these two racks, and so you rest your um your trailing leg on it when you're doing split squats and it's really comfortable and and i thought that was an extravagant purchase by me considering that i really don't do split squats very often however gee it's comfortable and you know what i'm going to do more split squats because of it so valuable investment especially for someone with knee arthritis and listeners hang in there in six months' time, you'll be getting it real cheap. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> marketplace. This is a great marketplace buy, actually. Like Make note. Someone in the future, anyway. Uh, very good. What's coming up, Croaks? Uh, for me, not a lot. Just continuing my run walk, building towards hopefully a 30-minute run in about a week, maybe. Oh, one thing I didn't mention during my week was um, – the three runs that I've had so far, I haven't had any of that sort of shortness of breath or feel like my heart has, you know, gone to 200. So that's a that's a positive sign. Just be careful, all right? Just be careful. All right, I will. Not you getting carried away. Moose, what do you got coming up? Uh, I've got this taper week. So I reckon it'd be a good chance. Like, people get tied up in talking about what workouts they do during a taper as if like the workout in the last two weeks is going to make or break your marathon. Could certainly break it, but you're not going to do anything that will make it. But there's other things within the taper, I reckon, that we should talk about. So how about we do that next week? Just run through like the non-workout side of a taper. Because there's things I'm doing now that I've never even told anybody that I do. And I don't even tell my athletes that that I do that or that they should do that. And I reckon I've been writing some stuff down. Yep. All right. Training that's talk good. Next week, Crocs put in there. Yeah. That'll be like list. Well, that that'll be listener question slash training talk next week. Yep. That'll be good. Brussels Diamond League's happening eighth of September, early Saturday morning for Australians. Great North Run, which is Mo Farah's last race. He's already done his last marathon in London. Then his his last race in London yesterday at the Big Half, and this is his official last race ever. Full stop. It's a bit like John Farnham here with the last tour. Isn't yeah. It? <laughs> Says who? Says he. So he needs a bit more money, you reckon? And yeah, it gets him out of bed. Good little appearance fee, this one. Say goodbye at the Great North Run. Then he'll go on the US tour. He's won a few times too, Mo. Remember that epic year when he couldn't pull back Bikili? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bikili. Gabriel Selassie he, was there too. Yeah, he did dump Gabriel Selassie, didn't he? Yep, and Bikili just got away from him. Turned his head about 300 times in the last uh, 200 metres. Anyway, that's episode 305 of the bag. Uh, the Road to Berlin will be out Thursday morning. No, I think it's Friday morning this week. So, patrons, keep an eye out for that. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. See you, boys. We're Have done. a good week. See ya. See you, guys. Same to you. Special thanks to ASICS for sponsoring this episode of the Inside Running Podcast. Stability has never felt better than with the Gel Kano 30. Updated with a 4D guidance system for support right when you need it, 
and pure gel technology for softer landings every time. Visit ASICS.com or your specialty running store to grab your pair today. Ooh,